Welcome to Our Wives Hate, this NFL podcast with David and Daniel. The quarterbacks of the 2023 NFL Draft. That's what Mm. we're talking about today on Our Wives Hate, this NFL podcast. I'm Daniel, and I'm joined as always by David. I have something to read. All right. UConn has struggled against teams with quality defense. Oh, no. Miami had the worst defense to make the Final Four in the last 20 years. No. Gonzaga's strong offense, but defense horrible too. Stop. But UConn struggled for much of the games against Iona and St. Mary's, which had stronger defenses. I'm going to skip down a little bit. Defensively, I think San Diego State's guards will be able to get a lot of open looks because they are great at getting open. FAU is a bad matchup for San Diego State, but they got through. San Diego State is a horrible matchup for UConn. I don't just like them to cover. I like them to win. Absolute. I mean, like, I didn't even read it after you said you thought UConn was going to lose. I was going to let the game play. And uh didn't go too well for you, Daniel, there, did it? We had, we took a bad beating. <laughs> I mean, UConn this whole tournament, and I know we have an NFL podcast, but they have every single game – Cover the spread. They've won. They won almost every single game by 15 points or more. Yeah. I mean, it was one of the most dominant runs of all time. It was really impressive. It was a, it was an awful NCAA tournament overall. Uh, but UConn is a worthy champion. Great yeah, team. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. And it was it was like I said, it was really disappointing because I thought San Diego State was like a very tough matchup for UConn, and I really thought they were going to well, win. This is this is what happened. Like again, this goes back to my point, and then we can move on. The reason why I hate March Madness the way it is is like these teams like San Diego State who are just not worthy of even being in competition for a title. They win a bunch of BS games, and then they get they, they finally get to a point where they play a team that's too good for them, and they get blown out. And it's right. always in the most like important games. It's always in the Elite Eight, the Final Four, the championship game. The games that we want to be the best are usually the worst um, when these type of things happen. So I hate March Madness, but we can move on now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I like I said, <coughs> every single week I'm, I'm agreeing with David – not necessarily. I love March Madness, but I think it is the kind of thing where the first weekend is the best weekend, and then it, it is. starts and then to and then go the, downhill. You, and now we're all watching the women's tournament. I mean, right, and the women's tournament was great. <laughs> yeah, Caitlin Clark's the goat. She's <laughs> That's goaded. Right. I don't she, care what the refs say. Yeah, no, uh, don't even get me started on those refs. <laughs> that, did you see the technical foul they called on her? That was that was, that was ridiculous. I mean, that is one of the worst things I've seen. Um, but anyway, but yeah, I mean, women's. One thing I will say before we get to the to the NFL, which is what we should be talking about. Yeah is women's basketball has never had so many stars, and I think it's in a great spot. Well, I've never been as interested as I am now. Well, this Final Four for the women's was more anticipated than the men's Final Four, and I think yeah. the ratings were higher. They set ratings records across the board for the yep. women's Final Over Four. Over 10 million viewers for yeah. the championship. So that's a, it's a great thing. I've always liked women's March Madness more than the men's, um, and so this year was just a good validation for me, and then hopefully more people can join the women's uh, March Madness train with me. Yeah, well, I'll get on that bandwagon for you. <laughs> Finally, you so, misogynist. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so anyway, the main topic today, like we said at the start, is the quarterbacks of the 2023 NFL Draft. Right. This has been talked about and anticipated for a long time, ever since, yeah. really ever since Bryce Young won the Heisman back in 2021. We've been looking forward to seeing these quarterbacks in this draft. And while things have really changed in recent months, yeah. and now we're we're – Three weeks away from the draft yeah. on Thursday. Can you believe that? Yeah, and the 2022 class was so bad that I think that <laughs> yeah. the, this class, which is a, a decent class, is getting even more hype because we were, last year was so atrocious. Um, but, yeah, we're, I mean, we're three weeks away, and even though I have this odd mix of I feel like I I know it's going to happen, but then again, I also feel like I could be surprised because of how polarizing some of these uh, prospects are. Yeah, and – I mean, just as in many years, I would say this year is starting to remind me of just from a broad perspective, there's very a lot of similarities to the 2018 draft in that you have a lot of quarterbacks that could go high. Now, I'm not saying they all will go high. I'm not even saying more than two will go in the top 10. We're not mm-hmm. sure yet. But there is the potential, like 2018, to have several quarterbacks taken early and maybe even a quarterback taken late in the first round as well. So mm-hmm. I'm starting to see a lot of similarities there. And if you yeah. remember the 2018 class was the one that had Baker, Oof. Sam Darnold, Oof. Josh Allen, Lamar okay. Jackson late. 
So it's, it ended strong, started rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, yeah. Yikes. I was listening to Ed, Ed, Ed said, uh, who's the other one? Uh, Josh Rosen. That's right. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast <coughs> where they said they were talking, they were talking, they were trying to convince them. It was, it was the funniest thing. They were trying to convince themselves that Baker Mayfield pick was not actually a total failure. And so they, they were saying, you know, uh, no, if your number one overall <laughs> pick can even last like a second contract in the team, that's a total failure. Yeah. And I, I tend to be right there with you. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get into the quarterbacks at the top of this class. And who do you want to start with, David? We can go whichever direction. Are we ranking them or are we just talking about them? Um, what if we, how about we talk about each one and well, okay. How about, how about we do our ranks? Let's, 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 do five, let's five just down, start right away. Starting at five, going down to one. Starting at five. Yep. All right. Go for it. I want you to go first. I All right. See so five. I hate to start with this person cause I feel like there's not as much intrigue, but my, my fifth quarterback is going to be Hendon Hooker of the Vols. I mean, it's fair. It's fair. I mean, it kind of there's a drop off for sure after 4. So I could see why you'd have Hendon Hooker at number 5. Let me what I'll say for Hendon Hooker is there've been a ton of quarterbacks drafted in the first round who were not who I think Hendon Hooker is a better prospect than. I mean, I'm not saying he should go in the first round. Right. But shouldn't. I think he should be a, a second round pick at Gosh. least, if not high wow. second round, if not oh. late first round. And oh my so, dude. <laughs> reason, what are you smoking? Let me let me explain. The reason I feel this way what? is I understand there's concerns about his age. I understand he tore his ACL. And I understand the biggest concern for him is not even the age or the ACL, but the Tennessee quote gimmick offense he played in. Right? I understand that. Yeah, it's not really gimmicky, but yeah, yeah. But that, people say that. Do people do that's say why that. I'm, I'm I'm talking about the concerns most people will yeah. bring up with him. What I would say is he needs to go to a good situation. There is that kind of thing where it matters which situation he's in. Yeah. But wherever Hendon Hooker goes, he has the opportunity to learn and he reminds me of Jalen Hurts, not in his athleticism, but in his devotion to the game he's a student of the game i know you hear that all oh the time, my gosh i'm about to literally start <laughs> you can throwing tell, up I'm, this is the kind of guy where teams are going to rise on him after the interviews when they hear how he understands the game and how <clears throat> how much of a how of does a, he understand the game when he, he played in an offense that's not replicated by any nfl team okay well but his so I mean, so did a lot of a lot, well. I, I yeah. was going to say so did Drew Locke, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good example. Well, here's no. the thing about here's the thing about Hendon Hooker learning. By the time he learns, you'll have to retire because <laughs> he's so old. No, no, not necessarily because we've seen quarterbacks go until their late 30s. I think you can get a good like eight years yeah, after but, Hendon Hooker. Yeah, but I mean, he'll be in his late 30s. What next year? Like, <laughs> no, nah, not come on. I mean, uh, the age is a concern. But what I like about Hooker is he makes very accurate throws in pressure situations. If you look at what he did. What if are you, you talking about? If you look at what he are did against serious? Alabama, oh my those God. last two throws, especially okay, you're, the one you're, to okay, wait, Hold on, hold on. You're really basing this take off of two throws that he made when the Georgia game was an absolute disaster for him? Like an absolute disaster. I mean, C.J. Stroud has had absolute disaster games too. Like, uh, Okay, okay. Okay, first of all, Cedar Stride is an infinitely better prospect than Hendon Hooker. You know, I know that. I know. And just because he had just because he had bad games does not mean anything when his tape is superior to Hendon. I know. Hooker. I'm just saying Hooker when he played Georgia, okay, and the receivers were not wide open, he could not do anything. He can't throw people open. They need to be wide open for him. That doesn't mean he hasn't made good throws at all. I mean, he had his. I give him all the credit in the world for those two throws against Alabama. You were there. I was there. I was at the Georgia game too. Yeah, and yeah, and, and yet, okay, you were at the Georgia game. You didn't see how terrible he was. I mean, it was a, it was a tough game. But one thing I'll say is we've seen quarterbacks in the NFL, young quarterbacks who have receivers that can always get open. We've seen a lot of them struggle to even go to those guys. And Hooker is someone who I think, if the it's guy the is same. a good receiver, if he has good weapons around him, he can. What team he does he have well. to go to then? What team does he have to go to? Then? I like the Vikings for him. I know that's been thrown He's around ne- a lot. I mean, he'll never he'll never be able to start for them because. He's not good. There's Having no, to clear the bar of Kirk Cousins in another year, Kirk I think Cousins, is absolutely Kirk doable. Cousins, Kirk Cousins will always be a superior quarterback to Hendon Hooker. Oh, always. I just he's don't never going to be that. at. He, he's going to be at Kirk Cousins level. Do you want to? You want to get the stats out? Do you think so? Basically, what you're saying is Hooker can match the production of Kirk Cousins, who we both despise with a passion. Uh, <laughs> true, uh, true. But you're saying that Hendon Hooker can match his produ- productivity level? I'm not. I, no. But then he's not But I'm good. saying he could thrive in that offense 
if you give him a year to learn the system. I I do believe that I think he will I, be old. He will be coming if, off the ACL. If, if if he plays, if he starts for the Vikings, Justin Jefferson will want to leave Minnesota because that is a terrible idea for a player like you have a Justin Jefferson who already has to deal with Kirk Cousins, and then you want him to deal with Hendon Hooker, who has no elite skills, just like Kirk Cousins. Um, I think he has elite level of. I think first of all, I would say his pocket oh, my, awareness you, you, is fantastic. How have you, he can he can he elude the pocket no, well. No, no. Okay, this you. You, it's like you didn't even watch him play. I did watch no, him play. You, what you watched him do? Is, okay, first of all, he does not have elite pocket awareness because one, he never really stayed in a pocket ever because he threw the ball in like less than a second. They're they're kind of, not gimmicky offense, but they're quick strike offense. When we saw him play against a team that actually could cover, okay, in the NFL they can cover. College football, not every team can cover. When we saw him play against a team who could cover, and he's like, "Oh crap, I can't throw the ball in one second. We saw him not able to do anything, like anything. He could not throw tight window throws. He couldn't make quick decisions under pressure. Once his first option was gone, he could not do anything and productive. I admit that was a bad game. And that's, but that, that performance is indicative of who he is as a quarterback. You're looking too much of at the, you know, the performance against Alabama when their defense was not nearly as good, and he had open receivers left and right. That's not the NFL. It's not. And I know that. Yes. I, I and think he's a statue me, in the pocket. He's a robot. About, he's a robot. He had some good runs this year. Like, the it's one a, against Florida, runs, but fantastic it, run. Okay, but he's slow in the pocket. Like, he's slow. Like, he doesn't He doesn't make quick decisions. He's not like um, when you think of a, a quarterback, let's say, like um, a Mahomes, let's say. You know, that's obviously the most extreme example. But Mahomes makes quick decisions in the pocket. He knows when to run. He knows when to move. Hooker, again, I'm going to go back to the Georgia game because that's the game where I was convinced this guy's not any good at quarterback. Like, he would take a few steps back, would stand there like a robot, and then at the last possible second start moving, and it was too late. Like, Georgia defenders were already closing in. He had no awareness of what was going on around him. It was an awful performance um, that I think Tennessee fans are trying to suppress, especially Tennessee fans who attended the game, also known as you. <laughs> I don't think Hooker is like I, – I would not even draft this guy. I don't I don't see any – Really? Okay, I don't fair see, point. I don't see any value in him. Like, what what – what does he bring to the table for a team, like other than like he's a good person? Okay, here's one thing I'll point out: we have not seen a whole lot of players who go into the transfer portal right. and then transfer up in competition. Oftentimes, you're transferring to a school that is <coughs> a less competition for you, so that you can put up better better numbers. Right. But what Hendon Hooker did is he transferred to a school that wasn't just a higher up competition; it was SEC level football, and then he not only got that job, but he won the starting job even when he began the season on the bench, and from there on he became the starter. Yeah, man, he, he really had to overcome a tough opponent in Joe overthrow every receiver. <laughs> I mean, what he did, it reminds me of what Jalen Hurts did when he went to Oklahoma, did well, and then went in the second round of the draft. It really does. That's even though Jalen Hurts was a starter at Alabama, never mind. <laughs> I mean <laughs> – Never once, mind. once again, I know Jalen Hurts was a lot younger, so I'm not saying he's Jalen Hurts, but I think Hooker's skill set is very good. So I like taking a second round pick on him, but I have him fifth, and I have him a big tier below everyone else. So I will point that out. I mean, yeah, I, I don't even, I don't even think about ranking him at all because of just, wow. how, just how bad he so is. So do you not have him fifth? No, Who I do have. You a, have fifth. I have Tanner McKee uh, <laughs> okay. from Stanford, and I mean, uh, I'll hear you out on that. But I don't have much to say about him. Um, I just in terms of accuracy processing, I think he's superior to to Hooker. If you play at Stanford, you're going to play in a more NFL style offense. Although, I mean, that's not necessarily as true as it once was. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be any good. So I'm not I'm not super interested in number five. I'm going to say Tanner McKee. It's all about the top four. That's really so for you with this class. If you don't get top four, you wouldn't pick one. The rest of the draft. No I mean, matter what I, your situation I, I, is. I would say like maybe you get. Maybe like in the fifth round, you start okay. look, you start looking, but I mean, like at that point, why would you why would you waste higher round picks on quarterbacks that are not going to be any good? More than likely, right? Uh, when you can just you know, I mean, maybe Hendon Hooker could be a seventh round pick, uh, may, <laughs> maybe you know. Um, uh, but I'll take Tanner McKee at five, but I don't think anything highly of him. Now, so. before we get into these top four, I did want to share a tweet from an hour ago from Ian Rappaport, mm-hmm. okay. who has some breaking news. Houston quarterback Clayton Toon will be visiting the Saints tomorrow and the Browns, and he has upcoming visits to the Giants, Steelers, Bucks, Rams, and Texans. After the first four quarterbacks, it's wide open. 
That's what Ian Rappaport says. So it's true. Any thoughts on Clayton Tune? Well, I mean, he's my number two quarterback, so <laughs> I don't even know who that is, honestly. I had never heard of him either. So. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, I think that kind of tells. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's it, the drop off is real. Like I would say, you know, Hooker would be like seventh or eighth for me. I don't even know, honestly. It's all okay. about the top four. So who's your number four? All right. So one thing I want to say before we get into these top oh. four, and I was telling David this earlier, but. I come from a business analytics perspective mm-hmm. with a lot of analytics and statistics. UC- UConn, San Diego State. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was one of my misses. <laughs> but I did say LSU was going to beat uh, was going to beat Iowa pretty bad, so I called that one. But I don't see a text on that one. Uh, <laughs> I forgot to text you. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so <laughs> so anyway, what I was going to say beforehand is this: simply that. There is a thing in, we call in analytics that we call interactions where you have interactions. <laughs> I know nerd. this is nerd, but just hear me out. Interactions <laughs> are where you can't always say the same thing will happen in any situation because there may be an interaction. So just to give an right. example from movies, I was doing movie analysis the other day, and movies that are R-rated typically have a lower probability of success, but horror movies have a higher probability of success. So the R actually works well for a movie to be successful if it happens to be horror, but if it's not horror, it's not. So it's not the kind of thing where you can say all yeah. our movies are not successful, but there's interactions at play where right. it where things interact in a certain way. So the reason I bring that up is, and I know that was very technical, but the reason that was I bring, riveting. <laughs> yeah, the reason I bring that up is we're ranking these quarterbacks based on you know our personal rankings, but there's some NFL team. Every NFL team should have these quarterbacks differently ranked based on their system, right. based on their needs. Right. And so, for example, a more high-end athletic quarterback who doesn't have the same, you know, accuracy or readability in the pocket, a quarterback like that might be a better pick for a team that has everything there than a quarterback who might have a lower floor or a lower right. ceiling but a higher floor type thing so right. just wanted to get that out there before we get into these top yeah th- these these rankings like we don't even know what teams these players are going to so like right you know we're we're ranking them based on kind of in a vacuum just like the players only independent of where they're gonna go right but i yeah i just wanted to get that out there because right. people will jump to conclusions and be like oh my gosh you have so and so number one yeah i mean or they're gonna, this they're gonna so be knocking low? down my door with yeah. my rankings you know like <laughs> yeah. all our fans <laughs> But uh, but yeah, these are just kind of our personal rankings. Yeah. So, um, I think we should just get right into it. I wonder how we how we're how our rankings. I wonder if we're gonna have the exact same ranking. I'm honestly worried about that. But I, who's your I number, think we might. Who's your number four? So my number four quarterback. But like I said, I'm actually I'm actually not low on this quarterback. I'm actually pretty high. But my number four is going to be Will Levis. Oh, okay, from we're different. Kentucky. So yeah. who do you have number four? I have Anthony Richardson. Okay, interesting. So yeah. So let's break this down. The reason I have Will Levis at number four, let's just talk about his. Let's talk about his kind of profile for a second, David. What do you, uh, I know what you. I know. I know you love talking about the profile. <laughs> I do. Well, yes. he he has the the physical tools you want in a an NFL prospect. So he has the size. He has athletic ability, and he has a strong arm. Now, I'm not I'm not saying strong arm in the sense like he can throw it the farthest, but he can throw those like short intermediate throws really fast, like. Kind of like little lasers, you know. Unlike Joe Burrow, who has a noodle arm, he can't <laughs> throw those uh, passes quickly. Um, so that he has that in his favor for 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 Levis. Um, obviously, he makes baffling decisions. Um, he there's a cerebral part of the game that seems to be lacking. He did play Kentucky, so I mean, it's not like he's playing with all this elite talent around him. He's not he's not playing for a coach who's necessarily QB friendly at Mark Stoops. So I don't want to hold the statistics against him, but I will hold some of the decision making against him. Um so why do you have Levis behind Richardson? Because I wanna I wanna I'm assuming you have Richardson three. Yes. Okay. So, and I have Levis three, so we can just talk about both these. Yeah, guys. so let's talk about Levis first. Uh, one yeah. thing I think it's good to point out with Levis is that he did very well in a system that was built more NFL ready for him. Mm -hmm. So that would be at Kentucky. He had Liam Cohen as his offensive coordinator back in the 2021 to 2022 season. And with Cohen, Levis had a fantastic year. He did very well. He had um, elite production. He had good throws. He was pretty, he was fairly accurate and people were freaking out about him being, you know, a top five pick. And then in 2022, 
in 2022, he had a disappointing year. He had injury problems. It was just a bad year overall. But I think the big problem with his 2022 season is that he lost Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator who left Kentucky to go be the OC for the Rams. So we're talking about a NFL pro style. That's a big difference between him and Hooker. Levis played in a pro style offense at Kentucky and did well in it. Now, yes, it was suited for him. Yes, Kentucky has a fair, a very easy non-conference schedule, but he wasn't bad in that system. He actually was very good, and like David said, yeah. he he has the physical traits. He He's does. six foot three. He weighs two hundred and twenty nine pounds. So, mm. and one thing I did want to show David, I'm actually showing David a picture right now. These are Will Levis's gains. We can already see for the draft. I really now, I, I but, don't want to see him shirtless. Yeah, I mean, he's looking very big. So I'm, he, yeah, I'm getting excited just to look at these pictures. Wow, for his that's draft really profile. weird. That's really <laughs> tremendously but, weird. <laughs> I, I guess it is weird, but I'm just, I will say, well, he's making very those, athletic. Well, he's making those gains. He's getting muscular, but he, he played, like, also... The way he plays in the pocket is like that of a scared little schoolgirl. Like his his lack of poise in the pocket. Like if you think college football, look, the SEC is tough. We're 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 in agreement there. But the NFL is a level the SEC can't even touch. Um, I, you know, when I think of Levis, um, I know he, he he's gonna get drafted in the first round. Like it's it's gonna happen. I don't think he should be. I, I think he's maybe a second, third round pick, um, but teams are are desperate for quarterbacks, so they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna draft him in the first round, um, and you'll probably go to a team that might not start him right away. You know, maybe I've seen heard the Raiders. I know that there's rumors that the Titans are thinking about trading up to number three. Would they draft Levis and let him sit behind Ryan Tannehill for a year? Um, that might be that might be the right thing to do. I don't know, but for me, like Levis. The, the physical traits don't make up for the lack of ability to play the position well. Um, he's a project, and I would stay away from projects with a first-round pick. Yeah, at, so, at that position, specifically. And that's fair. One thing I'll point out about Levis is his sack rate in 2022, which was not as good of a season. 2021 was his breakout yeah. season after he transferred from Penn State. Mm-hmm. His sack rate in 2022 was the third highest among all draft eligible quarterbacks for this draft. Mm-hmm. So he was sacked. He his pocket awareness is awful. Yeah. But one thing I like about Levis is he broke out <coughs> in 2021 in a good system. Then he loses offensive lineman. He loses a pass catcher who was very good. Yeah. And he loses especially that offensive system. He has a worse season. The same thing happened to a lesser extent with Justin Herbert. And a lot of people were down on Justin Herbert simply because he had had a bad last year. And but we saw he had done well in the NFL offense and he had the physical traits and a lot of people described Herbert as a project. He turned out to actually be a big time hit despite a lot of hate. So if Levis gets, I'm not, I don't know if he'll get the same draft capital that Herbert got and going in the top six like Herbert did, but I'm really interested in the physical traits. If I was in an Mm -hmm. NFL team, I know it's tough because this is your job when you take a quarterback like this in the first round, Uh but I think you have to take a shot on someone like Levis because the most valuable quarterback in the NFL is a star quarterback on his rookie deal, and the second most valuable quarterback in the NFL is a star quarterback on any deal. Yeah. So if you Other can hit Lamar. on, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> if you can if you can hit on that on that quarterback, you have to take a stab at it, especially if you have a good system. So I don't. I actually like Will Levis a lot. In fact, the more I look into it, the more I like him. So. I'm not as down as a lot of people are, and I yeah. I think he should be a top ten pick. Wow, I I just I mean I guess that that goes into the value of the position that you could be so flawed and still be a top ten pick. Yeah, it's um, all about the position. It's, Absolutely, it's positional value. Um, so I mean, you have Levis at four, I have him at at three, um, and then you have Richardson at three, I have Richardson at four. So what's uh, I could I mean, if you're talking about athletic profile, Richardson is like. <laughs> out of this world it's insane what he can do physically uh, i think you know what my problems with him are but i'd love to hear like richardson like at third for you and like how high do you think he should be drafted what do you see him being all that stuff yeah so richardson like you said the profile is amazing i just have to read out these numbers 443 40 yard dash 99th percentile 135.4 burst score 99th percentile everything on the athletic side is the 99th percentile and even better, one thing we didn't mention about Will Levis, and this is yeah. one of the big reasons I have Levis ranked lower, 
Levis is twenty is nearly twenty four years old. Yeah, he's, he's old. He's, he's only old. a year and a half younger than Hayden <clears throat> Hooker. Okay, Anthony yeah. Richardson is twenty point eight years old. He's not even twenty one yet. Yeah. So that is something as an NFL team you have to love that. Yeah, he's six no, foot 100%. four, two hundred forty four pounds, pure muscle. So great athletic profile. And according to player profiler here, the best comparable is Josh Allen. So that's interesting to see. But uh, I mean, the, I mean, there there are similarities with him physically, and then like college career, like production wise. Um, I love Anthony Richardson as like I love watching him. You know, he's he's, exci- he's he was an exciting player at Florida. But my my issue with Richardson is that in college he struggled with completing passes. And that's a huge deal as a quarterback. Like if you if you aren't good at completing passes, that's a that's, to me that's like a fatal flaw, you know. And he is a, a project if there ever was one. He he is not a quarterback that if if you throw him out there like right away, your team is going to suck. Like just I mean they're going to be terrible, and they might be terrible for a couple of years. Um, he's a massive project. He's very inaccurate. Um. Yeah, he, he his running ability is great. His arm strength is great. He can throw with zip, um, but and he, his lack of experience is also concerning. Not a lot of starts, not a lot of throws. Under four hundred throws in college. I mean, there were games where they didn't even let him throw more than ten passes. Um, and I think part of that is Billy Napier is an awful coach and should be fired. Uh, right. I agree, yeah, and, and I know Florida fans. And, and then another part of it is that he, again, he's so physically gifted, but in like intellectually um, execution, just like the basic fundamentals of the position footwork, um, all that stuff. He's just lacking severely. Um, I, I think he's a huge risk. I, d- I would not touch him in the first round. It, it, it would be, it, you mentioned the athletic uh, football show podcast where the GM talked about how, you know, if you're a GM, uh, especially on a team that's like, you're like new to the team and you're looking for a new quarterback. If you draft Richardson, that I mean, you might as well just submit your resignation because that's going to be tough for whatever team he goes on if he's starting for them to be successful with just how f- flawed he is. And that GM is going to be out the door in three years because the GM and the head coach, honestly, they're so connected to the quarterback that they have, um, especially if they draft one in the first round. If, you, if you're like a team like uh, the Colts, for example, let's say the Colts draft Richardson at number four. Then basically it's like okay the GM and the head coach like this is the guy and if it doesn't work out both of them are gone like period that's what's gonna happen that's what happens in the NFL so I think Richardson's is too big of a risk I wouldn't touch him in the first round I wouldn't touch him in the second round I think he's third round or later so one that's thing, not gonna happen though he'll be a first round pick I want to point out that quarterbacks who have rushing ability we're seeing that become more and more valuable and even more and more necessary in the NFL not only that if you have rushing ability your leash becomes way longer see look at what happened with Zach Wilson just because and I know that's one of the biggest busts in recent memory Josh Rosen Rosen is another example even if you have high draft capital your leash can be very short in that you can get benched very quickly and you're done whereas look at Daniel Jones someone who did not do well was horrible and yet he kept getting the opportunity to be the starter and now he has a second deal because of the rushing ability so that's why you have to prioritize this Another thing I want to point out is that a lot of people are saying, and I've heard, I've heard this many times, and I've even said it, Josh Allen is going to cause a lot of GMs to get fired because they take quarterbacks that are like Josh Allen way too high. And it's, he's an outlier. He's a historic I, outlier. But here's what I want to point out. I think football is changing. It is changing. And I think it has it's getting, changed. I think it is getting – we've seen it get easier to develop players physically. I think it's also getting easier to develop players – into better passers. It depends on the team, though. It, it really depends on the team. Like, like and I said, think it depends like on said, the team, but I think it's more likely now than it's ever been before. What's the team? And yeah. So I don't think it's unreasonable to, to take someone like this who you see is more of a project. You don't have to fix him. All you have to do yes, is you create. Do. I don't. I wouldn't say that. I As think, a thrower, you have to fix him. No matter. Look. No matter what you say about rushing, it will never replace throwing for a quarterback. No. And, and I'm so, not saying it will. And that's and that's that. I mean, there's a fatal problem with Richardson. He cannot complete passes. But I don't think you need to fix Richardson. I think you yes, need you to do. you need to tune him you need to, to be more him. accurate. But don't change his throwing. Don't try to do anything that would ruin his career, throw him completely off. Just tune him to be more accurate and but, to make better but, decisions. But when you say tune him, it's not that simple. Like, 
I know it's Th- not there's fa- there's fundamental flaws with how he plays and how he thinks about the game. Um, yeah, it, it's more than just tuning it. Like this is not a Mahomes, you know, where like you had to reel him in a little bit, but he was already like at a high level. Richardson is like at the ground floor of throwing to me. Um, he he's a freak athlete, and that's gonna he'll to me he'll have like Justin Fields type plays probably in his first couple of years. But he'll be just as bad a thrower as Justin Fields is. So if, one, probably worse. One thing I want to call out is just looking at Anthony Richardson's profile, you see headlines like Seahawks could be ideal <coughs> landing spot for Anthony Richardson. And I've been hearing a lot of which quarterback will the Seahawks take. I'm here to give you a spoiler alert. I will die on this hill, but the Seahawks <laughs> are not taking a quarterback in this draft. There is no way, not a right. single chance. What makes not, you say that? Not a chance that Pete Carroll is going to pass up on an elite defensive player in that uh, top I mean, that, that's There's true. no way it's happening. We're talking about a guy who is a very old coach. May, I think he may be beside, He may be the oldest coach in the NFL. Right. And you're telling me he's going to draft a quarterback of the future when he thinks the team can win right now. They just signed Geno to the extension. Well, he's going to be delusional. telling himself. He's, he's delusional. Well, he's going to be telling himself, we can make the Final Four if we take you know, Jalen Carter right here. I well, promise well, you, they'll make there's the not a chance play the Seahawks take a quarterback. Not a chance. Uh, I mean, I I don't necessarily lean either way on it. Um, I think there is a chance, but it's not happening. I mean, I mean, we all we all know the two guys at the top are going to go in the top two picks. So will you know those quarterbacks even be available at that point? Like, will the Seahawks are fifth or sixth? They're fifth, so uh, they'll like, have a chance at a quarterback have, most like, chance. almost certainly. But, but uh, I don't think they're. I, I don't. Them. I don't think they'll draft one either. But although the one mock had them drafting Hennon Hooker at five, which is. <laughs> Absol- that's not happening. I mean, that's just. <laughs> I mean, that was such obvious, like clickbait and uh, controversy causing thing. Like, it's, yeah, we need to call out the media and Mike Tannenbaum uh, needs to be held so, accountable. It's for so this. bad. Here, I texted Daniel about this, but ESPN had, had has this formula that they started ten years ago, where they create their own news from like their own people. So, like Ron Jaworski, one of the most annoying analysts of all time, in 2013, he said. Uh, Colin Kaepernick had like an amazing week one game. He threw for like 400 yards and he had just gone off the Super Bowl. So Jaworski said Kaepernick could be the greatest quarterback of all time, <laughs> which is true because he changed the world. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But, um, and obviously Kaepernick was nowhere near the greatest quarterback of all time. But Jaworski said that. And then every show talked about it PTI, Around the Horn, Dan Levitard. Like they all talked about it. And it created this formula for ESPN where like, Oh, one of our guys made a really stupid take uh, opinion. Let's just talk about that stupid opinion and like pretend like to argue about it uh, and like have differing opinions on it when we all know it's a dumb take. So Hooker's not going fifth. It's not happening. Yeah, no, that's definitely <coughs> not happening. So my bad. A little more discussion on Anthony Richardson. He just for the record, his breakout age was nineteen point three. That puts him in the eighty fourth percentile. So he broke out very young. He is young, like we mentioned. But his college yards per attempt, only 7.4. That puts him in the 38th percentile, which is near the bottom third of all quarterbacks. And then his college QB rating is 70, which is, I know David has a lot of problems with that statistic, the QB rating, but that puts him 48th percentile. So he's not, he doesn't jump off the charts at all from a yards per attempt or QBR rating. So like David's saying, the passing leaves a lot to be desired. I know a lot of people have pointed to the LSU game where he was more accurate as like what he could be become or like a an example of his high upside. So I will say I think he has very high upside. He has to land in the perfect situation, but if he does, I love Anthony Richardson's ceiling and I think there's going to be a team that convinces themselves they can fix him. I know right now a lot of people think the Colts are going to take him. Um I would hate that. <laughs> so David, if you're the Colts, hypothetically, you're the Colts at four. Let's say the Cardinals yep. take Will Anderson and the quarterbacks go one, two, <coughs> Stroud and, and Bryce Young. Yep. What would you do if you're the Colts at four and that's how the board is shaped out? Trade down. Trade down. Trade down. Do not do not fall. Like, look, I want the Colts to be good. I'm a Colts fan. But I also want to be realistic. I'd rather um I'd rather them accumulate capital, accumulate capital. And try to get Caleb Williams. That's always been my. Is thing. Is that the Minshew mania I'm hearing? I'm all Colts in for Minshew mania. I'm all in for Minshew mania. <laughs> no, I, if I'm the Colts, look, I trade down, and 
I know there's rumors that they're in the Lamar sweepstakes, which I mean, who who actually is in the Lamar sweepstakes? <laughs> I, don't I don't think, think anybody. Anyone, is. I don't think anyone really is. <laughs> so I mean, the Colts. I mean, they they do they have a, a first year head coach, but their GM is feeling the heat to make a move at quarterback, and I don't. I, with his job on the line, I don't think Anthony Richardson or Will Levis are the guys like to to really save his job. So I would trade down if I were the Colts, and I'd be okay with Gardner Minshew. Be as bad as possible, get Caleb Williams. That's what I would do. But I've also suggested that for half the league at this point. Yeah, so one thing you have to think about with someone, and I have no idea about the Lamar situation, a lot of people are saying it's ludicrous that you would take Anthony Richardson or Will Levis in the first round when you could get Lamar Jackson. I think that's would, a bad take. I think yeah. it'd be even though you have to give up a first, you have to think of it of like Lamar and a first versus <coughs> that player. I would still rather have Richardson or Levis because the rookie deal because there's more upside. You don't want to pay I mean, yeah. someone two hundred fifty yeah. million dollars guaranteed. That's insane. This is like Lamar's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Joe Burrow. He's the not, NFL doesn't see it that he's way. He's not Herbert. He, yeah. He's not Josh Allen. Like people stop. He's not elite. Like stop pretending nope. that he's an elite quarterback. He's not. That's right. And yeah, I'd rather have a a talented QB on a rookie deal that you can take a couple years to build around, like because you have three more years essentially of a cheap contract. That's ridiculous. No, I would no, not Lamar. Not I'm done with the Lamar thing. It's just ridiculous at this point. Yeah, and before we get to these next two quarterbacks, I would also like to say back to Will Levis. A lot of people are so down on him, and I've I've said it reminds me of Justin Herbert. I'm not saying he'll be Justin Herbert, but because people are so down on him, what I've noticed is that there is a tier, a top tier you're seeing in yep. in rookie fantasy drafts in Dynasty. Oh, where here we go. people are taking are saying the top tier is Bryce Young and in no particular order, but they're saying the top tier is Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and then Gibbs, Bijan Robinson, usually number Gibbs, one, ugh. and ugh. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Bijan, ugh. So people Bijan are, Mustard, ugh. <laughs> he's going to be the one-on-one in Superflex, if that's saying something. So, And I'm talking about ugh. Superflex, of course. Yeah. So people are saying that's the top tier. In my opinion, there's actually, I would take, I would probably keep the top tier the same, but I would also put Levis in that tier. And a lot of people don't that, have him that but high. I mean, like, hold on a second. You're saying that he belongs in the same tier as Stroud and Young? Well, no, okay, I'm not I'm not saying necessarily he should be taking that out, but I'm saying if if you have the 107 or the 108 and you can yeah. get Will Levis, that is a you need to take your shot. A lot of people did that with Zach Wilson, it didn't work. A lot of people did it with Justin Herbert, it worked. A lot of people did it with Josh Allen, it worked. A lot of people did it with Daniel Jones. Maybe that worked, maybe it didn't. But I'm saying you should take your shot if he goes in the first 20 picks. You should take your shot on him in a dynasty rookie draft in the late first round if you can. Well, there, the fantasy listeners, now you have your advice <laughs> on Will, Will Levis, who a player you'll never start. <laughs> <laughs> I I have the one hundred and seven in the upcoming in my one of my leagues, so I I'm planning on taking Levis, but my goal is to trade up to get Jackson Smith and Jigba. So, yeah, we know you sent for him pretty hard. <laughs> uh, do you want to get to our number two? Yeah, so All let's right. get to our top two. Let's see if they're the same. All right. I want to say I want to do three, two, one, go, and then after I say go, we're gonna both say our quarterback number two. Okay, ready? Our quarterback one, our quarterback two, QB two. All right, three, what? two, one, go. Bryce, Bryce Young. Young. There we go. Oh, wow, man. Look at that. Okay, we have the same. So we see Joe Stroud's number one. That's right. Wow, I'm surprised. I think we both come up on CJ Stroud in recent months. I, well, it, it's a combination of coming up on Stroud and then just seeing a, a pretty big problem with Young, and just thinking that's like that's pretty. It's too, too big to overcome, but really too small to overcome. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> He's one. Tiny. <laughs> uh, look, Bri- look. Let's just get to the chase on Bryce Young. We love Bryce Young. We love Bryce. His, yeah, people are gonna take that icon. We, we lo- love him. I think he'll be an awesome quarterback. Okay, I do too. And when like I don't know if you agree with me on this, but when we watched the Tennessee Alabama game live, he was the best player on the field. He was. Oh, awesome! I, gr- I 100% the, agree with you. He was that. awesome in that game. They could not touch him in the pocket. He was making insane throws. He kept Alabama in that game when their defense was falling apart. Like, he carried that team. And they would have won the game if Jameer Gibbs had hands. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They, that's a forgotten play. Yeah, if you just caught that pass, Alabama yeah. wins that game. So, Bryce Young, his creativity, his ability to extend plays, he has a pretty – he has a decent arm for his size. Um, I think he has that leadership quality that – Yes. People will love to follow him. He's very charismatic. That's important as a quarterback. It is important. Um I think he's smart. He's accurate with the football. Um, he can run, obviously. 
Um, there's a lot of things to love about Bryce Young, but he is tiny. He is tiny, and that's a huge problem. One thing I want to say about Bryce Young is <coughs> I have not seen, and I've watched college football for about 10 or 15 years, I have not seen a quarterback in, in college yeah. who has the same clutch ability at the end of games. I have not seen it. Bryce Young at the end of – and, yes, he didn't win the mm-hmm. Tennessee game, but he put them in position. Yeah. If you watch the end of the Texas game, they've struggled the whole game. They have not played well this, is, yeah. this season. And Bryce Young, last possession, he was a brilliant has play, something yeah. in him where at the end of the game he becomes – it's the same type of thing. I'm not comparing, but the same type of thing that Tom Brady has where the more – yeah. crazy the moment is the more close the more pressure there is the better he gets i yeah. love that about Rush. i think he has great mental toughness I, I he has so many qualities that you want out of a quarterback you just wish that he was six two or six three yeah you know and not was he five ten and he's like actually what like 180 190 pounds his uh, plane is probably about 185 or 190 I, I mean, max he He's ridiculously small, you know, for for a guy of his like caliber. Um, yeah, we're not falling for that two hundred four pounds. And, and, of the yeah, yeah, that was that was definitely fraudulent. <laughs> that was so fraudulent. But uh, he's not, and he's not thick, you know, like Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson, who have like beef to them. He's he's skinny. He's skinny, and the NFL is an unforgiving sport. Players get hurt all the time, and to me, he's a prime candidate for getting hurt all the time because of his size. Um, yeah, he's, he's you can't not, overlook yeah, it. I mean, you, you can't overlook it, and that's what keeps him at number two. Um, it's just that that fear of like it, any player can get hurt. Obviously, like you know, any player could have a season-ending injury, a, a career-ending injury, but the probability for for Young versus Stroud is higher because of his size. It just is right. So, I I love Bryce Young though. I would I think he's an easy first-round quarterback talent. I would take him like number two overall. Um, and if if look if the Panthers took him number one overall, I would not even no. I wouldn't critique them for it. If CJ Stroud had somehow gone back to Ohio State and gotten millions of NIO <laughs> dollars, like some people were speculating, yeah, but, like you. <laughs> well, yeah, I won't say that yeah. one. Uh, yeah, that was a good take by you. <laughs> but if that had happened, I think he'd be the one one, and I, oh, I sure. think we would be we would love that. I mean, yeah, definitely. I I I don't like I said we love Bryce Young. This is not anti Bryce Young at all. No, not at all. And and in fact, his. Not just that those intangibles I was mentioning at the end of games, but I don't think we've seen a player in recent memory carry a team that much. He carried Alabama. It wasn't particularly close. There was no one on that offense that was, it was any not good a good except offense. Jameer Goods. It was not a good offense. It, it, people were, like, look. The offensive line I, wasn't even good. A bad Alabama team still won 11 games, right? But this was not a good Alabama team No, this last year. Did not really have elite receivers. And not really – Good running backs at all, not a good offense. Jameer Gibbs is not bad. I yeah, mean, I, and a bad offensive, a, co- a bad offensive coordinator. That's um, true. I agree. I mean, Bryce Young had everything, and he got hurt as well. He had everything going against him, and he still was excellent. Like his performance against Tennessee was amazing. His performance against uh, Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl was incredible. Um, he made some crazy plays against LSU. It wasn't like his best performance or anything, but he made clutch plays in that game. Um, I'm excited to watch him play. I can't wait for him to play for an NFL team, even even though it'll be the Houston Texans, which is very depressing. But we got that stack, boy. We Let's got that go. stack. <laughs> That's right. We got that stack. Um, but, yeah, he's going to be exciting to watch. I love Bryce Young. Yeah, and I, I really want to see him play. He's going to be a fun player to watch. Like, yeah. yes, he's going to get hurt more. I think we can project that. And that's, <coughs> that's one reason we don't have him number one. But – He's so fun. He's electric. I know yeah. people have compared him to Mahomes, not because of the height, not because mm-hmm. of the arm. They've compared him to Mahomes because of the how funny he is to watch. He moves around the pocket. Yeah, he, he makes he, people improvise. miss. And yeah. then, he, yeah, he's such a a play a creative yeah playmaker. That's right. what he is. Yeah. And I think you have to love that at the quarterback position. I'm, right. I I love agree. Bryce Young, and I think the more we talk about these quarterbacks, the more I like this class as a whole. Well, I mean, I mean, you're simping for Will Levis, which I mean shows just how far you've fallen. Um, well, let's then let's let's get to our number one guy, C.J. Stroud. That's right. Um, who I I think that there there's some narrative. Like I hate the Ohio State narrative because it it just it just doesn't make any sense because it's not about Ohio State; it's about the quarterback. You know, uh, so the narrative is like, oh, he's a Ohio State quarterback. Uh, 
I don't think that matters. Do you think that matters at all? I think it's totally irrelevant. No, and I especially don't think it matters. I said the same thing about Justin Fields. Everyone was bringing up the Ohio State narrative with Justin Fields, and mm-hmm. I said, don't look at the look at all these quarterbacks from the past. Most of the quarterbacks who they who people were mentioning were not the number one prospect in their class. No, they weren't. But Justin Fields had been the number one prospect, not number one, but he and Trevor Lawrence had been yeah. neck and neck their whole life. Yeah. And I said, when you come, it's like Nico coming to Tennessee. When you have someone who is a number one or number two player in the whole country, yeah. wherever they go, if they do well there, you can't say, oh, but look at everyone in the past. Right. You have to look at it with a new perspective, especially when their high school profile is as good as their NFL entry yeah, profile. And you can, I mean, like, you can make that that terrible point for a lot of other schools. Like, oh, Patrick Mahomes was a Texas Tech quarterback. Oh, Josh Allen played at Wyoming. Oh, this, I mean, oh, Joe Burrow played at LSU. Like, what quarterbacks did LSU have? None. Uh, I mean, yeah, Jamarcus Russell, who's the goat. <laughs> but uh, it, it, that that stuff is just, just does not matter. It's all about the traits that the quarterback has. That's what matters. And CJ Stroud has great traits. Um, he's tall. He's mobile. He didn't. He doesn't use it a lot. But we saw against Georgia, him use his mobility a little more. He's really accurate. I love his the touch on his deep ball. It's it's a thing to behold. His performance against Utah in the Rose Bowl, not this past year, but the year before. I mean, there's so many beautiful throws that he has in tight windows, deep throws. Uh, these are NFL-like level throws. Um, I think CJ Stroud's an awesome prospect. I think he's going to be a very good quarterback. Yeah, no, 100% with you on that. Um, we'll have to get into that Utah game later when we talk about the wide receivers because that was one of my all-time I, favorites. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Lots C- of talent for CJ Stroud, no doubt about we, it. And we mentioned earlier that or in a, in a previous episode, I, I mentioned Stroud, and I said that it can be hard when you have one kind of a one-game sample size. I don't think we have a one-game sample size here, but I do think we've seen one elite game from him, the, which was the Georgia game in the college football There's more than that, but, I mean, I see what you're saying. Or by that, I just mean one game in a tier of its own. And yeah. in that game, he was so good against the same defense that we talked about earlier that shut Hendon Hooker down. Yeah. Now, Hendon Hooker didn't have Marvin Harrison Jr., and their <laughs> offense didn't do as well when Marvin Harrison Jr. got oh, injured. Dude, that is true. Come on, come but on, come on. But Stroud was electric, yeah, and even Stroud without Marvin awesome. Harrison Jr., he was making plays. And, and he they should have won that game. He was also using his legs yeah, in a good way, he, too. They should have won the game. Ryan Day was a total weenie when they called that running play. Uh, that kicker was a total wuss who we all knew was going to miss that kick because he's not mentally tough. I'm sorry. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I, I apologize. I <laughs> repent. But, uh, no, that was a that was a fun game to watch. And one one of my problems, I think, with Ohio State, with their quarterbacks, this yeah. is not all the quarterback or saying Ohio State, but this is more the actual type of teams they play. Yeah. Their Big Ten – conference and non-conference oh schedule gosh. is the biggest joke i've ever seen oh it's when, awful when you say that they play about 10 or 11 high school level team i mean i know they're not high school but i just hate the, the how se- easy well, the, the secondaries are so slow like, <laughs> i mean i mean look ohio state recruits like an sec team okay yeah they recruit elite players every year okay they might as well be in the they, they should just join the sec because it's a joke that they have to like uh, subject themselves to the Big Ten. It's just awful, okay? The Big Ten is not a good conference, okay? No matter what anyone says, they have a couple good teams. That's it. But a lot of slow secondaries where these elite receivers can just run wild on them. So, yeah, one of my – one of my always with fears with Ohio State, like every year in college football, is the lack of challenges they face. Like they, they, are, ne- they are not challenged the way SEC teams are challenged, right? Um, but – I don't think that necessarily matters for CJ Stratt as a pro prospect um, because he has the, all the traits you need um, and he's going to get NFL level coaching. That's an, another important thing to remember is that these players are getting drafted and they're getting developed by NFL coaches, which I mean, some places it's not, it's a bad thing, but I think a place like, like Carolina where we think he's going to go, I think that's gonna be a great thing. I think he's, I think he's going to have, I think he's going to thrive at Carolina with his head coach that he has. Um, they don't have any weapons of course, but um yeah, I, I I was I was originally low on Stroud, but the more I, I watched him, um, and then the more I, I kind of just distanced myself from thinking about Ohio State and who they played and all that stuff. When I just focused on him as a prospect, that's when my opinion on him started to rise more. And um, and then in combination with Bryce Young's size issues, that's why he's number one for me. Yeah. So if you were picking in this NFL draft, yeah. and you, I know a lot of people have compared C.J. Stroud to Dak Prescott. If mm-hmm. you knew that he was going to become 
that player that you're getting on his rookie deal at the beginning, would you still have him ranked number one? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Because okay. I, I uh, look, Dak. Look, the quick thing on Dak Prescott, he gets more attention because he's the Cowboys' quarterback. And so I think with that comes more hype than he probably deserves, but also more criticism than he probably deserves. I thought Dak was really good last year. If you look at the raw interception total, you'll think, oh, he had a bad year. But if you actually break down his interceptions, a lot of them were not his fault. Uh, I think Dak's a really good quarterback who just plays for a bad head coach and a dysfunctional franchise. Uh, if we knew CJ Stroud was going to be Dak Prescott level, I would 100% take him number one overall. Would not think twice about it that would be i'd be ecstatic about that because you're getting a top 10 caliber quarterback um which i think Dak is i think he's top 10 caliber i mean he could even be like top eight caliber at its like peak yeah and cj stroud we mentioned earlier anthony richardson had below even below average quarterback rating yards per attempt he does have elite weapons (coughs) i mean (laughs) garrett wilson chris alave Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I will say, though, like, he didn't have two of those guys this year, and Jason was hurt a lot, and he still... Jason barely played this year. Yeah. It was really Marvin Harrison Jr., and then... That was it. Like, and, That's true. That's and, a great and, point. And he and he was fine. Like, yeah, Big Ten still. I mean, still the Big Ten. But, but his quarterback rating, C.J. Stroud's quarterback rating, puts him in the 96th percentile. Yep. His yards per attempt, 93rd percentile. His breakout age, 71st percentile. That's fantastic. His... I mean, these are elite numbers, and we're seeing every year he got. Now his twenty twenty one year was kind of his breakout year. Yeah, he was awesome. Um, I don't. He, he know was if not he as did good as well. last year. But I, once again, he lost Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave in one season. Yeah, and he still didn't drop off. A it whole wasn't lot. a huge drop off. No. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So yeah, I I think we're both we both really like C J Stroud now. Let's talk about this, like we said earlier, from a team perspective. Right. If you and we're not going to go through every team, but if you, <clears throat> let's say you're a team like the one of these kind of back end teams, like for example, let's talk about the Tennessee Titans or the Atlanta Falcons. If you're a team like I know those are maybe different situations, yeah, yeah. but if you're a team like that, that's maybe picking the Falcons are picking like eighth or ninth, the Titans. I think have a later pick. 11th. Yeah, 11th. If you're picking there, would you, do you think someone like Richardson or Levis would be a good fit? I mean, potentially. Again, I'm, I just don't really, it, it's hard to know what these teams want to do. I mean, again, the Titans want to trade up. So that, that's the report. So if they do actually want to trade up, that means they want a quarterback. So and they and they feel like those guys are not going to be available at eleven. They think Levis and Richardson will be gone by then, um, or maybe I, they think one of them will be gone. That's the one they want. Yeah, so that, and that's why they're trading up to three because which Stratton, will be Richardson. Which, I don't think there's any way Levis goes ahead of Richardson. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Um, when I think of the Titans and the Fal- I, I hesitate to to use a first round pick on a quarterback that you don't feel great about. Or that's yeah. a project. I Absolutely. Just, I, I don't feel good about using a first-round pick on that. I'd rather trade down. I'd rather you know, try to get a quarterback in another round or just try again next year to find my quarterback. Um, I, I think teams have gotten better at drafting quarterbacks. There was there were times in the 2010s like where quarterbacks like Christian Ponder and <laughs> EJ Manuel were going in the first round. It's because teams needed quarterbacks. So they just drafted one. I think teams are smarter than that now. Um, having said that, I mean Levis and Richardson are going to be top ten picks. I, I just I don't think there's any way around it. I really? Think. Okay. I, I just don't, I, I mean like I I think that's fair. May, I mean maybe maybe one of them falls out, but if teams are willing to trade up, that means they want to get one of these guys. So like I think that's just inevitable. Um, I think here's uh, here's how I see it. I think Richardson will be. I think Stroud and we we can be almost sure Stroud and Young go one two yeah. probably in that order. Then. I think Richardson goes top five, and I don't know about Levis. Levis is a potential faller, but I don't think he gets past the Buccaneers at nineteen. So if he if he does I mean, get past options, the Buccaneers right? at nineteen, that would be a complete shock. Well, look, I mean, look, but the, it could happen. The, look, there's I mean, there's a ton of options, right? Like, yeah, we have no idea until draft night. I mean, That's really how it if is. you look at if you really if you look at four through eight, Colts, Seahawks, Lions, Raiders, Falcons. I mean, I could see any one of those teams taking a quarterback. I mean, and, yeah, and especially like if you look at the Seahawks and Lions. To playoff or teams and playoff caliber team in the Lions, 
they wouldn't start these guys right away. They would sit them for a year, two years, whatever, however long they want. Um, then you have the the Eagles at ten who desperately need a quarterback. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love JSN there potentially for the Eagles, but we'll get to that on yeah. another episode. Uh, you have the Titans at eleven. Um, you have, I mean, like you can even look at the Jets, right? And I mean, they're gonna have to get rid of their pick, so it really actually doesn't matter for the Jets. Um, the Commanders, you know the the Steelers, because I mean, Pickett's awful, and they should not even consider him. I mean, the Commanders can't even think about taking a quarterback when you have Sam Howell. Yeah, that's why they got Jacoby <laughs> Brissett, right? Um, I but I think there's like a, you know, there's some teams that make sense, but but and then but then you have teams like the Raiders who are, who are oddly, even though they're picking top ten, I feel like they're in a win now mode. That's how they're thinking about yeah. it. Because mm-hmm. they got Jimmy Garoppolo, they have Devonta Adams, they have these weapons. Could be a Tyree Wilson destination. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to know how these teams are going to approach this. Um, I would still just refrain from taking a first round quarterback if I didn't feel good about him. Yeah, or feel great about him, honestly. But I I do feel like we've reached a point in the NFL where you need a quarterback, an elite quarterback is so incredibly valuable yes. that you you need to take your shot. I know it. What sucks is that it is your your job is on the line if you're a GM and you take this. Oftentimes, if you're a coach and you take that player, but you you have to take a shot. And people last year were saying that about Malik Willis and why he has, needs to be a top ten pick. This is different. These are players who can be yeah, they actually can an be elite good. player. Yeah, Malik Willis is. You, you know, have to shoot awful. your shot. I want to see teams this year shoot their shot, and I want to see. We've okay, only had four fair. quarterbacks go in the top ten. Okay, that one is, time. That, okay, so it's not likely to happen. And that's fair. And but I, I would love to see it here. And it, 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 it all stems from we've talked about this game a couple of times. It stems from that 2021 Chiefs Bills game where you watch that game, and if you're an NFL team, you have to think, like, what the heck are we doing? Like, why are we sitting with Baker Mayfield? Why are we sitting with Sam Darnold or whoever, you know? And so I I sympathize with that opinion because, of like, watching that game and just how incredible it was and just how jealous teams must have felt that the Chiefs had Mahomes and the Bills had Allen uh, and, like, those type of players. And so, like, that's what makes Richardson even more attractive is can he be an Allen type? Levis, can he be a Josh Allen type? So, I wouldn't. I guess I'm. I'm you're kind of changing my mind a little bit on it. Where it's like, look, if these guys are bad, you're going to draft high anyway, right? So just get another quarterback if he's bad. Like, and some of these yeah. teams aren't going to have a chance to pick that high again. For yeah. example, for example, the Lions with their pick from the Rams. Yeah, it's, it's for it's, example, a, yeah, it's a fluky pick. The Seahawks. That's yeah. why I think the Seahawks are going to make a big mistake. We saw last year the Seahawks. Pat continually over and over passed on Sam Howell. What a mistake when you just signed Geno to a massive deal. So, uh, yes. I'm not letting you get away with that. That was not <laughs> a massive mistake at all. We don't even know that. You, your, your delusion for Sam Howell is out of control. <laughs> it's truly out of control. But I would say, like, I still wouldn't like the Colts at four to draft a quarterback that high. I just I, – I just – the the value of the number four overall pick when you can trade down and get more capital to me is so much more attractive. True. Than a and I think that's why the Bears ended up trading down rather than trade away Fields. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Because of the capital. <clears throat> but you know, if you're the Falcons, like you, you know, Ritter is not the guy. You know that. Like, you, there's no way the Atlanta Falcons think Desmond Ritter is going to be a quarterback that can take him to a championship. There's but like, if he's a decent quarterback on a rookie deal, if he's able to be just a, an above average quarterback, then he would be better than a lot of these quarterbacks on their contract like Lamar no think, he's not better than Lamar. I think he'd be better than I think him on a rookie deal is better but than the, Lamar the, on the, a big pro- okay but the sure but the problem with the rookie deal thing is one he has to be good and then two you have to surround him with a lot of talent so there's well they've done that in Atlanta in my opinion but yeah, we'll I mean, see I mean, lots we'll see. of really good talent lots of good like people have delivered on the their talent <laughs> like <laughs> they Kyle will Pitts. they will Drake Lennon <laughs> <Club, it's laughs> club let's go <laughs> no but uh I mean, look, Stroud's going to go one. Bryce Young's going to go two. Yep. One and what nine. happens after that? I mean, let's say. I think the Cardinals are out of their pick. I think to trade down. I They I, want to, but what if no one does it? You think true. someone's going to trade down? The, the Titans are curious. The Titans are inquiring. The asking price might be too high. Who knows? Dude, imagine if the Colts trade off one pick for Richardson. I would die. I would seriously die. <laughs> that might I, happen, dude. I, would, I will literally stop being a fan. I will, that will make me stop being a fan right away. I'll become a, a 49ers fan. Oh, That's no. my backup team. <laughs> Buy the Purdy jersey. Yeah, I, 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 want, I want Purdy. So, um, anywho, 
but yeah, I think that'll wrap us up. So we've had a yeah. we've had a good full hour of uh, draft discussion for these quarterbacks. So I can't wait. What should we do for the draft? I think we're gonna do we're gonna record our reactions and edit it down and publish that because that'll be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, you want to watch the draft like the first round at least like oh, live? We will be. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for do sure. we get like pizza and wings? And oh everything? yeah, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> we're gonna have the party. Y'all should have a party too. Although it's yeah. probably gonna be like four hours of. That's true. The a draft is the policies. draft is uh, like the. The picks are exciting. That's the only exciting part. <laughs> yeah, everything else sucks and then about mocking. it. You need some. You need some head scratching picks. One yeah. of my problems with last year's draft is we didn't get some of these like <laughs> Daniel Jones like head scratching picks. We need some more of those. So I want to. Oh, we need some more dumb picks. I want to yeah. see some really dumb picks. <laughs> let's let's do it. Let's yeah. Do it. So All yeah, right. that'll that'll wrap us up. And next week we'll be back with more NFL draft content. It's that month. So uh, it's that time of the month. Yeah. Until then. Uh, we would like to apologize to our wives. Sorry, Lauren. <laughs> Sorry, Elizabeth. <laughs> See you guys. See you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Our Wives Hate This NFL Podcast. Learn more at NFLpod.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NFL Husbands. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, unless you're our wives, of course. 